specific and watch God come through for you specifically. All right, praise God. One more time. Let's just rejoice with that family. We can do a little bit better than that. Come on, let's rejoice with that family. means the world to them. God is so good. All right, praise God. I don't have a lot of time today because we have a presentation for you at the end of the service where we're getting ready to launch our job link program where our goal is to make sure that every person that's unemployed or underemployed is gainfully employed uh, by or through uh, some type of provision that Linked Up Church has provided. Can you all get in agreement with us for that? Can you imagine a church where 100% of the people are employed? It's a blessing, right? We're going to get in faith for that. We're getting ready to go for it. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, the blessing of answered prayer. This is the foundation text. Romans chapter 8, 1 and 2 says, there is therefore now. Somebody say now. Now. Somebody say right right now. This is the understanding that you have to have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that if you are in Christ, Not only you should never condemn yourself, but don't let anyone else condemn you either because God will never condemn you. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh. That means tread all around in, walk at large, to be occupied with external things and carnal fleshly thinking. That's very few people that are in this room today that live their lives outside of the Word of God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. As human beings, how many of you know we make mistakes? But you can't allow yourself to be condemned when those mistakes happen. You have to know that God loves you unconditionally 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because that's going to give you confidence when you need to go to him because you have an enemy that's going to always accuse you before him, and he's always going to accuse you to yourself, and you'll see that today. But if you know this about yourself, then you won't allow yourself to be condemned. And we used an example on last week of the woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. And Jesus had to have her, you might recall, he said, you which does not have sin cast the first stone. And the scripture says that they began to walk away from the oldest all the way down to the youngest. Then he asked her a specific question. She said, he said, where are your accusers? Is there, is there no one that's condemned you? Notice what he said to her. He needed to ask that question because he needed her to say, no one has condemned me. Once she owned that, then he said, neither do I condemn you. Here's the revelation, then go and sin no more. Most human beings, I mean, if you stop doing that, then I won't condemn you. That's just not the way it works in the kingdom. Notice he did not say to her, if you stop sinning, then I won't condemn you. He said, neither do I condemn you, so now go and sin no more. Because he knew if she had the revelation that he didn't condemn her, that would give her the power she needed to walk free from sin. How many know that story would not be in the book if she didn't walk away free from that? If she just went back to an adulterous lifestyle, then how many know it wouldn't, then God would be unrighteous to put that story in the book? And if we don't understand, folks, it's first a revelation of knowing that God loves me and he'll never condemn me is what gives me the strength to walk away free from sin. Why? Because it's the love of God that leads people to change. Now, who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So there are two laws that are in the earth, the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, and then the law of sin and death. They're both in the earth, and they both have consequences based off of our reactions and our responses. We said several things. Believing is the first step. Confession seals what we believe. Believing and confessing are spiritual laws that create supernatural results for the believer and the confessor, which is why Jesus had to get her to say, no one condemns me. How many know now she's confessing what she believes? Jesus can now follow that up by saying, well, neither will I condemn you either. Hebrews 11.6 is a very powerful foundation. We can't come to God unless we believe first, right, that he is. He is whatever we need him to be, and he is a punisher, right? What is he? What is he? What is he? You must get that in your thinking that when I come to God, God wants to reward me. Are there any parents in here? 
Anytime our children come to us and we have good children, what do we want to to naturally do? Reward them. Well, God is no different, okay? He's a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. But prior to that, he said, it's without, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we've got to be fully persuaded. We must trust that when we come to him, he is who he said he is. He can do what he said he can do, and he's going to reward our efforts every time we come into his presence. The Lord led me to share something on this previous Monday. It was really revelation to me. Anytime you enter the presence of God, how many know you'll always leave with presence from God? Joy, love, answers the prayer, direction. There's no way you can ever enter his presence and you not leave with presence. It's just impossible, okay? We said several things about that. We're now talking about, really, there are seven spiritual laws to prayer. Now, remember, there's the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. So I'm not talking about here some steps that you have to follow to get God to do something. That's not what we're talking about here. What makes something a law is that it works every single time. What we're talking about, if we live in this particular lifestyle, how many know it's going to release the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, which is the life he always dreamed about us living and the life that he sent his son to die so that we could live, okay? All of us are supposed to be blessed coming in, blessed going out. We're supposed to be blessed physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually. Everything about our life is supposed to work all the time. That doesn't mean challenges won't come, but the challenges will never be able to prosper over this law operating in our lives, right? Weapons can form, but it's impossible for them to prosper when we operate in this law, okay? First one was that we must ask, and so we're just going to go by that. Number two, we must ask how? In Jesus' name. Now, for a long time, you know, people would do that, they mimic. They heard someone else pray that way, so they pray that way to see if it'll work for me the way it worked for someone else. And how many know in Jesus' name is not some kind of magic wand, right? You've got to understand the, the real history of why he said to go to the Father in my name. Jesus is fulfilling something that was already in place from the Old Covenant or the Old Testament. He said, I didn't come to do away with the Old Covenant. I came to do what? To fulfill it, right? So he's fulfilling something that was already in place. And we said several things about about that, that under the first covenant, Hebrew men approached God in prayer by addressing him as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So those Old Testament patriarchs could not go to the Father on their own merit. They had to go to the Father on the merit of the covenant promises that he made to those three individuals, and that's what gave them access to the Father. We know we looked at Moses, we looked at David, and we looked at Abraham. In Moses' case, Moses tried to do some things prematurely. Anyone in here ever tried to do something on your own? What results did you get? Not good, right? And so Moses knew he was called to be a deliverer, but he was 40 years ahead of his time. Maybe not. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe that was his time. He just didn't go about it the right way. And so we know that there was an Egyptian a soldier out there beating a Hebrew slave. And Moses, because his calling rolled up, rose up, pulled the guy off of him, slew him, slayed him, hit him under the dirt, and thought no one saw it. But the next day he returned back to the same area and uh, was uh, having a conversation with one of the other Egyptian soldiers. And the Egyptian soldier said to him, are you going to kill me like you killed that uh, previous soldier, Moses knew at that moment that his secret was out and he fled for his life. Now, he tried to do that on his own merit, right? right? And that ended up costing him 40 years of his life. I wonder how many years we've lost. But what I love about God, he'll restore and redeem every single one of the years that you lost once you get this right. So we see Moses 40 years later, and and God comes right back to him, go back to uh, Egypt, and I want you to go to Pharaoh, and I want you to tell him to let go of my people. And Moses said, well, well, who should I tell him sent me? Moses, I don't have time to tell you everything I can do. Just tell him I am sent you. And then he said, go gather all the elders and tell them that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob 
sent me to deliver you. Now, obviously, it was something about those elders hearing the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that would get them to respond to Moses the right way. I mean, if Moses would have one said, I'm here to deliver you, they might have said, yeah, just like 40 years ago, right? But when they said, in the name of, now 3,000, 3 million people are ready to follow. All right, everybody still with me out here? All right, I'm going somewhere with this today. I'm taking my time because to pull all of it together, it's important that, that you don't miss that piece right there, okay? We don't do things on our own merit. We've got to do things based off of what someone else has provided for us, okay? All right, now, so we looked at several things around that. Uh, we know that Jesus encouraged us to pray in his name. Name there is unima, which means authority and character. So when we're praying in that name, we're not using our authority. We're using his authority that he delegated to us. When we're talking about character, we're not going to him based off of our character. We're going to him based off of his character. So we don't want to go in there talking about what I do, and I haven't done this, and I've been celibate for two days, and I have, come on, somebody, <laughs> right or wrong, and I tithe, and I serve, and I do all that. How many you know that's not going to get you anywhere, right? And so not, we're not going to him on our character. We're going to him on Jesus' character. We want to talk about what he did, how great he is, and how awesome he is, and how he died for our sins, and his blood cleansed us from all sin and unrighteousness. We want to go to him reminding the Father of what Jesus did and relying on his character and not our character. Now, if anyone else in here is willing to admit as a human being, I, I probably did something over the last week or so. That would make me feel unworthy, right, right or wrong. Thought, something came up where, and so we never want to go on our merit based off of our good works. We want to go on his merit and his good deeds, okay? So he said those things. Now, go to Hebrews chapter 7. I want to read this again because, again, Christ is the heavenly high priest ever living to make intercessions for us. And, you know, there are two schools of thought out there that, that Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father and he is, right? And there's a reason why he's seated. But there's also something else that he ever lives to do, and it is a part of his job description for eternity, okay? Now, in Hebrews chapter 7, 20 through 25, it says, And inasmuch as he uh, was not made priest without an oath, which means a promise, for they have become priests without an oath, but he with an oath by him, God, who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not relent. He won't change his mind. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, which means he had no recorded beginning or ending. By so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. Twofold died by natural causes, but some died because they went into the Holy of Holies and, and they didn't represent uh, a sin-free life and they failed as a result of going in. But let's continue reading him. But he, because he continues how long? Forever has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save or sozo, which means deliver, protect, heal, preserve, cause to do well, make whole. Does anyone believe God can do all of that for you through the person of Jesus? So then there's nothing you're going through right now that he can't bring you out of and give you better than you've ever had before. And you've got to believe that, okay? So, so therefore, he is able to sozo to the uttermost, which means to give the full ending entirely and completely. How many of y'all know God never starts something that he can't finish? If he begun a good work in you, he'll perform it until the day of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so if you'll stay with God, how many know God will stay with you? Right? And he'll stay with that situation until it looks exactly the way you believe for him to look. Folks, we will walk into a building that we own free and clear. We already have it now. We're just waiting to walk into it. Uh, you, you didn't catch that. I'm no longer believing for it. I've already believed for it. We already have it. We're just waiting on the angels to put this whole deal together so we can walk up in there and, and owe no man nothing but to give him a kiss on the forehead. Come on. I wish I had a little faith in this building today. 
I'm not trying to get healed. That, that process happened over 2,000 years ago. I'm walking in what was already provided for me because he's not only able to deliver me, he's able to do it completely and entirely and to the full. Folks, I'm not trying to get blessed. I am blessed. You're not trying to get blessed. You are blessed. God has been good to you. Come on, somebody. Come on, did you wake up this morning? Come on, is there breath in your lungs? Come on, God has been good to you. You're blessed now on your way to being blessed even better. You've got to know he's able to deliver, to make you whole, to preserve you. Come on, somebody, to cause things to turn out well, and he's able to do that in its entirety. Watch this, though. Continue reading. For those who come to God, how? Through him. You see that? What is he referring to? How do you go to God through him? In Jesus' name. Through prayer. You hear what he said? If you'll come the right way, I'll sozo you to the uttermost. I don't know if you understand what that looks like. He's not just taking care of one, of, one part of my life. He's taking care of all of it. My children, sometimes I said, do you understand who you are? You are a brand. You represent more than just yourself. You represent the kingdom of God and the Gregory name. Success belongs to us. It's not optional. It's what we do. We don't lose. I constantly put this in their head. God's given us a clear path to success. Will we travel it? So now, he is today at the right hand of God. Normally, when the high priest presided over the ceremony on the Day of Atonement, after he completed his assigned duties, he was seated. So Christ is seated at God's right hand, indicated, watch this, he completed the redemptive covenant which was what? Don't everyone try to answer that at the same time. He's redeemed us from poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Right? By his blood, all of our sins are no longer covered. They've been what? Removed. So the purpose of him being seated in that moment is there's nothing else that can be done for that part of our lives. Which is why I'm not trying to be forgiven. I'm already forgiven. And that happened thousands of years ago. So even when I make a mistake, I say, Father, I thank you that you already forgave me for that. And your grace doesn't teach me that. Your grace teaches me to walk away from that. So, Father, I thank you that I'm growing daily through that grace, Father. And you love me so much that it's already made me free from that particular challenge in my life. See the revelation in that? All right, now. So Christ as the high priest, when we read, you all might remember, however, let me say this. However, on, when making atonement for Israel, the high priest must stand up to intercede and perform the day of atonement ritual. So in other words, he's seated. He's got the blood of the spotless goat or lamb, which was presented in the Old Testament on behalf of the sins of the people, it would only cover those sins for how long? For one year, right? You all, it's okay to talk to me. How long would it cover? All right, for one year, right? But when he was time to now present their request and their petitions before the Father, the high priest would stand up on the Day of Atonement, and he would present those requests to the Father on behalf of the people, okay? So now remember, Jesus didn't come to do away. He came to what? Fulfill. And so now we read in Hebrews chapter 7 that he ever lives to make what? Intercessions. Ever lives means he lives forever to intercede on our behalf before the Father. So when we go to the Father, Jesus takes our request 
and he presents those to the Father. Now the Father doesn't see us. I mean, we're in the throne room, but the Father doesn't see us. He sees the Son interceding on our behalf. And I don't know about you, if you've got Jesus representing you to the Father, you can walk out of there with so much confidence that this, this is getting ready to go down just the way I laid it out. Why? Because I don't have to represent myself. So we saw in Acts chapter 7, we won't go back and read that again, but Stephen, when he was being stoned, the Scripture says he gazed up into heaven, right? And he saw Jesus doing what? Standing at the right hand of God the Father, right? So we know he's seated, but what caused him to stand up was the request that that, uh, Stephen is just getting ready to ask. So Jesus stood up waiting on instructions that he could take to the Father on behalf of Stephen. Stephen was acting just like Jesus. Now, he wasn't acting like us. He was acting like Jesus. How many know if somebody stoned us, I'd probably pick that stone up and throw it right back at you. Come on, can we just be 100% honest in here? My initial response is, come on, let's just be human beings for a moment. You slap me, I probably will slap you back and then realize, no, that wasn't the right thing to do. Come on, let me try some real human beings on this side of the room. But Stephen was a real human being too, which means that he got to such a place in God where he could act just like Jesus. We're all growing towards that, including me. All right, so now let's pick it up. I wanted to take the time today to put that backdrop because everything I say from here on out wouldn't have made sense if I didn't go back and reiterate that. So now, we talked about God's throne is more than a large holy chair. It's a seat of judgment where decisions are made, blessings are released, and judgment is applied. And so anytime these requests are presented, then God gives out assignments through Jesus. Angels are released. He speaks to men and women of God to speak, prophesy, speak things into your life. He touches hearts. He grants favor. He gets jobs. He does all kind of different things that are happening. The moment you make that request, how many know a whole lot is happening that you can't see behind the scenes? Okay? And your job is just to stay in faith. We looked at Psalms 91, Hebrews 13. How many of y'all were, were sensitive to who you came in contact with this past week? You just never know who you're entertaining. Right? Could be an angel unawares, right? As the scripture talks about. Now, let's look at this heavenly throne room. This heavenly throne room is similar to an earthly court. How many of y'all, we, we just mimic down here on earth. We don't really invent anything. All we do is discover what was already there, right? And so let's take a look at what this heavenly throne room looks like. Go with me to Psalms number 50. Let's read verse 6. God is the judge. And I like to say it this way. He's a righteous judge on both sides of that. So I always remind myself that if I would judge myself, then he wouldn't have to judge me. And I also remind myself that if I would convict myself, then he doesn't have to convict me. And I always say to myself, when he judged me, it's because I didn't judge myself, right? I would have never got to that place if I just would have trusted the conviction that was already present, right? I always like to say that. God is the judge. Look at Psalms number 50, uh, stanza or verse 6. It says, let the heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is what? God himself is what? All right, I'd rather put myself in his hands than anybody else's. Believe it or not, folks, I'd rather God judge me than man judge me. There's a possibility that man might get that wrong. What I love about God, even if man gets it wrong and you submit to a higher court, how many know God will still come in and make it right? Right? So you may get treated wrong. You may get uh, fired uh, uh, unduly. Things, life might happen. Let me know there's a higher court you can appeal to. And in that higher court, the righteous judge will always make things right in your life. So God is the judge. Go to 1 John chapter 2. Jesus is the advocate or lawyer. I know most of us get in trouble, and we might think Johnny Cochran or somebody like that. I know he's transitioned, but he's a famous lawyer, right? We figure, boy, if he could get O.J. off, I know he can handle my situation, right? Or whatever we may think. But how many know there's a lawyer and an advocate, man, much greater than Johnny Cochran or anyone else that you think is a tremendous lawyer? Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. He says, my little children, 
These things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, so now we see the primary issue. Again, I don't know how I never saw this before. The primary issue that our advocate and our lawyer deals with is the subject of sin. Right? Trying to constantly remind you that he already dealt with that. And he already removed it. Do you know that's what takes confidence from us in going into the throne room? We're only looking at what we did wrong instead of looking at what he did right. It's the primary issue that's being dealt with in in there. Can you get over a sin consciousness and trust that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus when? Right now. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says he became sin who knew no sin. Why? So that we could be the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm not trying to be righteous, folks. I'm righteous right now. There's nothing I'm going to do today that's going to make me more righteous than what he already made me. Can you all see this? And so you can see what keeps people from walking in the fullness of everything that God has for them is this subject of sin. And how you view it, not how he views it. It's good stuff, isn't it? How many of y'all glad you came today? Let's unpeel this a little bit more. He says, so if anyone sins, look at the issue he's dealing with. We have an advocate, which means lawyer, with the Father. And then what is Jesus doing when you missed it? Is he saying, Father, kill him. Send some, strike him right now. Send lightning to knock him down. No, what is he doing? He's saying, Father, you sent me to pay the price for what they did. And he's standing there representing your righteousness to the Father. Oh, Jesus. He's proven to the Father why you deserve why you're coming in the throne room in the first place. He's saying, Father, it's not based off of anything that they've done. It's based off of, he's presenting his case, not your case. I I pray this is getting to you today. Do you understand? And it's not even about what you did in that moment. It's about what he did. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, a lawyer, Jesus Christ, the what? And he's representing his righteousness that he bestowed on you to the Father. He said, Father, I made them righteous when I took their sin upon me. So notice, if he took it on him, it's not on me. But you don't know what I did. Whatever you did is already forgiven. And once you get a revelation of it, do you know how many people can't move on with their lives because of something they did years ago? You know, I messed up. Who hasn't? You don't know what I did. I don't need to know what you did. The only thing I need to know is he forgave you of it. And the sooner you forgive yourself, the quicker you can walk in everything that he has for you. You all see this? Making sense to anyone in here? You deserve everything that God died for through the person of Jesus Christ. You deserve to be healed. You deserve to prosper. Your children deserve to live prosperous lives. Come on, you deserve to live in houses that are paid for drive cars that are paid for. Come on, have the best jobs. You deserve for your business to prosper, not because of anything that you did. That's why he died, so that you can walk in the benefit of everything that I just described. But if you're still thinking you don't understand, you know, you don't understand. It's good stuff, isn't it? So we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Watch this. I don't know why I never looked this word up. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. Guess what the word propitiation means? It is a Greek word, halasmos, H-I-L-A-S-M-O-S. Guess what it means? 
atonement. This time, it doesn't just cover for one year. It removes forever. Man, I don't know if I'm doing a good job getting this across today. Did you all catch what I just said? This time, it doesn't just cover for one year. It removes forever. And I want to say that until that just resonates in your spirit. This time, it does not just cover for one year. It removes forever. Somebody ought to lift their hands to the Father. Folks, it's not fair, but I'll take it every single time. Favor is not fair, but I'll take it every single time. Glory to God. Matter of fact, can I just throw another little nugget out here at you? All right, you remember in Matthew chapter 6? Matthew chapter 6 is dealing with our basic needs in life, what we'll wear, what we'll eat, what we'll drink, right, where we'll live, our basic needs in life, right? He said the Father already knows that you have need of these things, almost like you don't even need to ask about that, right? But, but what did he say to do? Now, I don't know how, why. It wasn't until I got this revelation that I began to understand it. Look at what he said here. He said, but, which cancels out all the rest of that, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, look at what he said, and his righteousness, not yours. Did you catch that? What is his righteousness? His righteousness is something that he made you. There's nothing you can do to become more righteous. It is a gift from the Father. So think about it. Your job is to continually remind yourself through confession that you are right now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if you just, the kingdom of God is just his way of doing things. So if you just live according to the kingdom and know that he already made you right, look at what he said. I'll add everything else on to you. He simplified life for us when we get the revelation that the kingdom operates a certain way. I mean, I'm not getting ready to prosper financially, and I don't honor him with my resources. Right? But when I honor him with my resources, I mean, and I know that I'm right with him, prosperity is automatic. You're going to always get the best opportunities. They'll always present themselves to you. For I, I only say this to brag on God. I have never had a financial problem in my saved life. I've had over 800 credit score since I was 22 years old. Let me tell you the other side of that. I've never missed honoring God with my resources. Check came to our house yesterday. Somebody wanted to show in, sow into our marriage every month. I'm like, every month? That's what somebody led someone to do from another state, mailing a check to our house every single month. She'll tell you, I deposited that, and, and first thing I did, I don't tithe anymore. I give a much higher percentage than just 10%. God's been too good to me just to keep doing the same thing over and over again. You know what I'm saying? So I, and I've noticed every time I bring him up, guess what he does? He brings me up. First thing I did was figure out what that percentage was off of that and took that right out. Then like a good husband, I gave my wife money to spend, just cash to have in her and her, uh, I said, like a good husband. I said, like a good husband. Come on, fellas. I said, like a good husband. You always want to make sure your wife is well taken care of. Right? You take care of her, she'll take care of you. I like to say, happy wife, healthy life. Not happy life, healthy life. Anyone getting this today? Go to Revelations chapter 12. I've got seven minutes on my clock. Revelations chapter 12. There are 24 elders who serve on this jury. Revelations chapter 4 verse 4 says, Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold, on their head. How many know when it's time for them to deliberate? How many know they're on your side? (laughs) They're getting ready to come back with a verdict that's in your favor. What is that verdict? 
We declare that the defendant is not guilty of whatever it is. And then this is the one I want you to be clear about. Revelation chapter 12. How many you know Satan appears in this throne room as well? All right? And the scripture calls him the accuser of the brethren. You ever notice that any time you go to believe God for something, pray about something, thoughts come to your head? Am I the only one that that happens to? Right? Every time it's almost automatic along with the petition, here comes negative thoughts. Right? And, and those negative thoughts are trying to disqualify me from what it is that I'm believing God for based off of something that I did in the past. Right? Anyone else in here willing to be honest about that? It happens to all of us. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 says, Then I heard a loud voice saying, In heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God, watch this, day and night. Now you're understanding what his job description is. It's to constantly, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, cancel what God made you. What he's trying to cancel, he's trying to get you to not see yourself the way God made you. Because he knows if you won't see yourself that way, then you don't have access to receive all that God has for you. Right? So notice, who accused them before our God day and night has been what? Cast down. They overcame him. Here it is, folks. Again, in this context, it's amazing. How did they overcome him? What's the first thing? Blood of the Lamb. So that means you have to, watch this, you have to believe in the price that the blood paid for you. And what is that price, folks? The removal of sin. So you see the primary issue that's being dealt with in this court, trying to convince us that he's not dealing with us after our sins. So when Satan comes in there and says, they did this, they did that, then Jesus reminds the Father. He says over in Isaiah, Father, you, you don't even remember it anymore. You said as far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed their transgression. Isn't that a wonderful gift, folks? Isn't that a wonderful gift? So think about it. If he doesn't remember it anymore, how do we remember it? You've got people, trust me, man, they made a mistake in their marriage 10 years ago. Let it go. Because God let it go. Let it go. And show Satan that he won't win in this marriage and make the marriage so beautiful today that it, you don't even remember what happened 10 years ago. Folks, that's how you win, and that's how you win big. Instead of going back, you know what? how you know this is a real issue for us? Because this is how we treat each other. We always want to take each other back to what somebody did. Come on, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good, right? I haven't been able to get over what you did to me five years ago. Why not? I bet it's a whole lot of stuff God's needed to get over with about you in that same five years. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. And it's amazing we want to put people in prison when God doesn't put us in a prison. Good stuff, isn't it? You all still out there? Somebody say, I'm free. I'm forgiven. I'm not condemned. God loves me. Jesus is on my side. Everything I do, everything I'm involved in, it works, and it works successfully in Jesus' name. Do you believe that today? Come on, open up your mouth then. Come on, do you believe that today? Now, it's interesting that I never saw before that the primary purpose of our advocate, the lawyer, is to deal with the sin issue and constantly remind us that he already dealt with it. You can't be free from sin until you first get the revelation that you don't have it anymore. You got to be able to look it in the eye and say, no, you, you don't own me anymore. Amen. Christ took the power of that away. Amen. 
Again, depending on your background, you know, it's a reason. Now, I have a great wife, but it's a reason why I've been faithful to her for 18 years. It's a reason. And listen to me, folks. I'll say this as much as I need to. You won't find a female anywhere at a gym in this church. I mean, you can't say stuff. This is on Periscope right now. I mean, somebody post something on my page if I was, wasn't telling the truth here. You won't find one female that will say I behaved inappropriately with her. And I don't even play with it. There's a new trainer at the gym. She came up to me two weeks ago. She said, why are you doing abs on that machine? Let me come work you out a little bit. Let's go do some abs over here on the floor and use your natural body weight. Now, my wife happened to be in the gym on this same day. And she said, let me give you some, same, let me give you some free lessons. I said, well, I don't train with females, uh, but I tell you what, if you'll go over there and ask my wife and she agrees, then you can train the two of us together, watch this, and give us both free lessons. <laughs> True story. God's my witness. True story. Right? She never walked over there to my wife. Just happened on yesterday, on Saturday. I'm on a, a different machine. She said, I, I see you still on these machines. I said, I, said you, I see you still talking because have you, did you ever go to my wife? True story. Just, just yesterday, Saturday. I see you still talking. Did you, did you ever go to my wife? I told you, we'll both work out with you, and I reiterate it for free. Because that's how she brought that to me, right? We'll take some free lessons. I don't know, did somebody ever come up to you, babe, and ask you? Nobody, she still ain't one over there and talk to her yet. So if you all can see here, I, mean, you know, I know beautiful when I see it. I know pretty when I see it. I know fine when I see it. You don't play with that stuff. Now, if I still believed I still struggled in that area, how many of y'all know then I'd follow that path? I believe I'm free from that area. It's good stuff, isn't it? Until you first believe that, folks, you can't walk in it. All right, I got to close. So we overcome the, the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the what? So, so notice it's believing that the sin has been removed. We're forgiven. And then our testimony is we need to say that all the time. I'm forgiven. Sin has no more dominion over me. I'm free from the power of sin. I mean, that's the most powerful testimony you can confess right there. Not your job. That's a byproduct of what I'm talking about right now. Not money that God blessed you with. Now, I mean, that's a byproduct. The greatest thing you can confess is that sin has no more dominion over your life. And when you begin to do everything from that platform, then how many know success is guaranteed? Isn't that interesting that the primary thing he's dealing with is this whole issue of sin as our advocate and lawyer? Let me close with these thoughts. So we overcome the lamb, overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of, uh, of our testimony, and we do not love our lives to the death. So the primary purpose of the heavenly temple is to deal with the issue of sin and the fact that we have been forgiven. Isn't that good? Somebody say, I'm forgiven. And listen, stop treating people based off of what they've done wrong to you. The only person you're holding captive is yourself. I mean, you know, I can't walk in what we're walking in right now if I'm still holding something against the previous situation. I have to 100% let that go and release that in order to walk in the fullness of what God has for me right now. I can tell you I'm so free from it. I just saw him for the first time. Was that last week? For the first time two weeks ago? And listen, I was determined to get to him if I could have gotten to him Listen, I was going to kiss him on his forehead (laughs) and tell him, sir, you don't know how much I appreciate and love you for all that you've done for me. Thank you so much. I I just appreciate you, sir. We're praying for you, praying for your success. I just want you to know I love you and I appreciate everything that you've ever done for me. And I was going to give him the biggest hug I could give him, hug his wife. And if I could have got to his forehead, I was going to kiss him on the forehead. (laughs) I mean, that's real freedom right there. I said, how many of y'all know that's real freedom right there? 
That's real freedom. Now, I didn't get there overnight. I worked myself to that place. Right? It didn't happen overnight. How I many know the initial shock is always that human response, and then you begin to grow from that. But I'm telling you where I'm at right now, and don't get upset. I'm going to invite him to speak. Once we get our first permanent location, I'm going to invite him to speak too. And give him some gifts. And publicly just let him know, sir, I, I just appreciate you. don't know how much I love and appreciate you. I'm not making nothing negative. I'm not getting up there saying nothing. I'm just blessing him and thanking him for all that he's ever done for me. Hallelujah. 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 But you don't know what my first husband did to me. <laughs> Come on, we, we take it right back there, don't we? You don't know what that, and if I ever see him again, ah. then we're wondering why we can't move forward. Hello, somebody. Come on, why we can't meet this new something that God has for us, because we're holding on to something that, God, that even God forgave him of. But look at us. Every time I see, every time I hear her name, I want to kill him. I'm making it comical, but you all know this right where we live in that, right? We hold our parents in prison because of stuff they did. Come on, somebody. We heard previous employers in prison because of what they did. Come on, somebody. But what about what you did? Let's just talk about what you did. We'd be here all day long, wouldn't we? You see how we need to keep this in perspective? Did you all get anything out of this today? Come on, I said, did you all get anything out of this today? Good stuff, isn't it? And we're only on law number two. I'm going to close right here for the day. I'm out of my clock today. I just wanted you to see that. I also want to just share this last thought primary reason, I want you to get this, okay? Remember what John, Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 24. The primary reason God wants to answer your prayer is this right here, folks. He says, ask so that you may receive so that your joy may be full. Do you all understand God wants you full of joy all day, every day? Nobody likes looking at a face that looks all sour. Does this look right? God is good. <laughs> no, God is good, man. Right? And, and, and when we get answers to prayer, the blessing of that, folks, is that the joy that we should already have becomes full where it flows out of us to a lost and dying world. They begin to come to us and say, why are you always so happy? Why are you always excited? Why are you always smiling? Why does life always seem like it's good? And you can tell them because God has been so good to me. And then what? They want to learn about that God, hear about that God, come to the church where that type of God is preached, folks. We should have joy 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then when we get answers to prayer, we need to let that just flow out to a lost and dying world. Come on, let's express some joy in this place. Come on, let's express a little bit of joy. Come on, open up your mouth. Give God glory in this place today. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody tell God, God, you are good. You are great, and you are greatly to be praised. God, there is no one like you in all the earth. You are awesome in all of your ways, God. You bless me every time that I come to you, God. You woke me up this morning. You started me on my way. This is the day that you have made, so I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Why was I glad? Because God is good, and I can't wait to hear Hear more about his goodness and share that goodness with other people. David said, I was lost, but now I've been found. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed out begging for bread. 
Father, you blessed me. You're blessing my children. My children will be mighty on the earth. They will do great things, God. I'm full of joy today because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Father, and when I'm in your presence, it's your presence that produces that fullness of joy. And so I glorify you today. I magnify you today. Father, happiness is based off of circumstances, Father. A happenstance. But joy is simply what you made me. It is a fruit of the Spirit, and I can tap into it every day. I can choose to have joy today. I can choose to be in a good mood today. I can choose to love on people today. I can choose to speak to people today. I can choose to forgive people today. Thank you for the gift of the fruit of joy in my life. Hallelujah. 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 No Christian should ever have a bad attitude. I said no Christian should ever have a bad attitude. I said no Christian should ever have a bad attitude. Check that attitude at the door before you come into this sanctuary. Come on, leave it outside in the parking lot. And when you come in here, come in here with a smile on your face. Greet people. Tell them that God is good. Appreciate what God has done in your life. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, I'm blessed right now. Somebody say, I'm forgiven right now. Somebody say, I'm healed right now. Somebody say, God is good right now. Come on, give him glory like he's good right now. Never let the devil steal your joy. And you definitely better not let people steal your joy. Hallelujah. Gives you strength to be able to accomplish everything you need to accomplish in your day. Let's all stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, just put a big smile on your face. Leave it there. I don't care what's going on in your life. Look happy. Be full of joy. Watch your circumstances follow that joy. He said, ask me so that you can receive, so that your joy can be full. Just ask the Father in my name. Let me represent you before the Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, there are different levels of joy. One of the greatest levels of joy says that there's joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. They go bananas in heaven over one life, one soul. So if you're here today, Look up here at me for a moment. You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. One true indication is what's going on on the inside of you. Pay attention.